Good evening, everyone. Merry Christmas. Welcome to Black Hawk Church. We're so glad to see all of you here. My name is Hannah Bussey, and I am on our worship arts staff team. A uh, special welcome to you if you are visiting with us for the first time or maybe you're visiting from out of town. For whatever reason you're here, we're so glad that you came uh, to make us part of your Christmas Eve. And we are here tonight uh, to celebrate, yes, uh, but also more importantly to focus on Jesus Christ, the Son of God, come to earth to do God's redemptive work and bring good to humankind. So we're celebrating that, which is the core reason for our hope and our joy this time of year. So it's a chance for us to celebrate, to focus our hearts on the Lord, and uh, to help us do that, we're going to be doing a lot of singing uh, carols together over this hour. So that's how we're going to start right now. And I want to invite you, if you're able, to stand to your feet right now as we start with singing together, O Come, All You Faithful.
tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Oh, tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Good evening. Um, let me invite you to take your seats. Since around the 5th century, uh, the church has marked these weeks leading up to Christmas uh, by recognizing a season called Advent. And one of the ways uh, that the church does that is through the use of an Advent wreath. Uh, Advent is a word that simply means coming or arrival. And this season is marked by remembering and celebrating the coming of the King. And so each of these candles, there are four candles around the outside of this wreath. Um, three of them are purple, one is pink. Each of the, th the four candles represent one of the themes of Advent. So a few weeks ago, we lit the first candle, which represents hope, uh, hope at the coming of the King. Uh, the second week represents peace. Uh, we remember that uh, the King will come and reign, and one day his kingdom will be marked by peace. Uh, the third candle, the pink candle, represents joy. And then the fourth candle, we're going to light the fourth candle today, which represents God's love for us as demonstrated in the fact that he sent his one and only son to walk among us. So as I light this candle, listen to these words from John chapter 3. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through as we continue, we're going to hear some words about the birth of Jesus from the Gospel of Luke. Um, we're going to hear that story. We're going to sing carols that are well known. So I invite you to sit back and listen to these words. And as you know some of the different carols, jump in and sing along. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David, 
went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping? Who angels greet with anthems sweet while shepherds watch her There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord had told us about. So they hurried off and found, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who had heard was amazed at what the shepherd had said to them. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told.
want to invite you once again to stand if you're able as we sing. Hark the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Welcome to you again. How's everybody doing tonight? Great. great. It's great. Yeah. Uh, thanks, band, for leading us uh, through all these well-known songs. Uh, great to spend Christmas with you. Welcome to Christmas at Blackhawk here uh, at our church. If you're part of our community already, a uh, special welcome to you. It's good to see you back. Uh, if you're visiting with us today, uh, we're glad you've made this part of your Christmas uh, plans this week. So a uh, welcome to you as well. Why don't you go ahead and have a seat? I don't know if I said this yet, but my name is Joel, and I'm the site pastor here for our Braderway site. Uh, we are one church in three locations, so uh, the name Braderway for us comes from this little street. It's a little known street, and it's only about two blocks long right here on the south end of our building. Uh, this is our Braderway location uh, here on the far west side of Madison. 
Uh, we have another location downtown that meets at Upper House, which is just off of East Campus Mall, kind of right in the heart of campus. And then a location at Fitchburg that just uh, recently opened a new building, and uh, they're right off of Seminole Highway. So one church in three locations, three neighborhoods around the city. And our mission is building a loving community that follows Christ in order to reach a community both locally and globally. And so one of the ways we do that is through what we call Advent Conspiracy. And Advent Conspiracy is a nationwide movement that we're a part of. And we move towards, uh, we encourage people to move away from the consumerism of Christmas, the stuff that we so easily get trapped up in and caught up in, and instead to move towards the heart of uh, what the real meaning of the season is about, which is Jesus and the gift of Jesus. And so as part of that, we encourage people uh, to consider uh, giving through the months of November, December, and January to great organizations. And so uh, all of the money goes to local and global organizations doing wonderful work. Uh, one of those examples of a global organization is International Justice Mission, uh, which does work with those caught in human trafficking to free them uh, from human trafficking and human rights all around the world. One of the local organizations we partner with is an organization called Shepherd's College, uh, which is right here in Racine County in Wisconsin. It works with those with mental and cognitive disabilities to help kind of set them up for a future in the workforce. And so those are two examples of what I think is eight different uh, organizations that we're partnered with through Advent Conspiracy. Uh, all the giving to that goes outside the walls of our church. If you want to join in that, you can find out more on our website. Uh, while we're really glad you guys are here tonight and for our Christmas services, um, we don't want you to come back next Sunday, all right? So if you're visiting with us, a lot of you are like, wow, that's weird. I've never heard a church say that. Uh, we don't have any services at any of our sites and venues next Sunday. Christmas, I think we're doing something like 21 services across all of our sites. And so because of that, we give all of our volunteers, it takes hundreds of volunteers to do this, uh, all but one of the people on the stage were volunteers uh, leading the music today. So it takes tons of people to do this, and so we want them to have a much-needed kind of break, some time from their families to be with their families on the 29th. And so uh, no services at any of our sites and venues on the 29th. Instead, you can tune in on our website. Uh, we're going to have a Worship Where You Are experience, which means you can do that wherever you are, in your comfy pants at home. Uh, at a coffee shop or with the family gathering, whatever it might be. So uh, don't come here on the 29th. Uh, do come back on January 5th. We're going to begin a new series, a new teaching series on relationships. Uh, how many of us have sometimes challenging relationships? Oh, it's just me? Okay, cool. No, that's great. Um, no, I see a lot of hands in the room. I think we all have relationships that sometimes are challenging or complicated, and especially even uh, this time of year, I think we can often see a lot of emotions that kind of come up around relationships. We're going to go right at that in our teaching series starting on January 5th, looking at what it means to have healthy relationships uh, in a hurting world. So we hope you'll come back and join us for that. Uh, check this out. Okay, one more person to find a seat for. Let's see. No, Bears van, Packers van. Okay. Across from... No, they used to be a thing. And now she's bringing her new boyfriend. Awkward. Let's see. Politics. No. Only speaks Klingon. Only speaks in memes. I could put him at this end of the table, but that's the canned cranberry side only. What am I going to do? Are you excited for Christmas? Why are you sitting at the kids' table? It's complicated. Yes, it's complicated. That might preview dinners that are going to happen uh, later on this evening in the room. I don't really know. So there you go. Maybe you find yourself at the kids' table. So there you go. So we're going to do that series, not, uh, as Joel said, on the 29th. So uh, no services on the 29th, worship where you are. But on January the 5th, the teaching team will start a five-part series on It's uh, Complicated. We're looking forward as a teaching team uh, to that. And I launch uh, the first talk. And who am I? My name is Chris. 
I'm one of the pastors on the teaching team here at Blackhawk uh, Church. Welcome uh, to our Christmas Eve uh, service, one of 21 of them. So it's good to have you in this room with me. If you're part of our Blackhawk Chinese ministry, good to have you with us uh, also. Hey, to start uh, off uh, tonight's talk, uh, this, here's a question. How many of you in preparing for Christmas, in preparing for Christmas, did something with lights, like either inside of your house, like around a tree or something, or outside of your house? Did something with lights? Raise, all, raise your hands. Raise your hands. All right, look around. That's pretty much about everybody. So if you're like my wife and I, we start that after Thanksgiving. And so how many of you are like my wife and I? You start it after Thanksgiving. You do the light things after. How many of you are like before Thanksgiving, after Hollywood in November, you do lights? Raise your hands right there. They're the pure people right here. There we go. My wife would love to live with you guys, man, because she loves the whole light things. It's just a big deal to her. She just loves it. We can't put up enough. She just uh, loves it so much. In fact, lights are such an important part of our Christmas celebration. We always like to go out and drive around and just, you know, look at the lights that you guys uh, put up and stuff like that. We did that uh, just the other night. This week was on Friday night. And we have one grandchild, his name's Silas, and he lives about two miles from us. And Silas, it's already a, it's already a part of his tradition. He's not even three yet, you know? He turns three, like, next week on New Year's Eve. So uh, that's when he turns three. So thank you so much for throwing a party on my grandson's birthday. We really appreciate you doing that. But he's not even three yet, and he knows where the cool lights are. In his neighborhood on the west side of Madison. So we get him in the car. He's in the back seat, you know, in one of those protective seats. And then Sunshine and I are driving. And he goes, turn there, Grandpa. Grandpa, there. No, that way, Grandpa. He already knows where the cool snowman is and where all these lights are around. And it's unbelievable. If you'd like to know where some really cool houses are on the west side of Madison, come up to me after the service and I'll give you Silas's best guess. Two miles from here, there's an amazing display if you haven't seen that. There's something about this time of year where we get out the lights. I mean, about every hand went up. There's something about Christmas and lights. Watch this. Clark Griswold. My wife says I remind her a lot of Clark Griswold. There you go. Lights and Christmas. They just go together. The question is why? Why is that? Well, historically, if you know anything about this time of year, on Saturday we celebrated a winter solstice. In the northern hemisphere, cultures all around the globe for centuries have noted that now the days are getting longer and it's going to be sunnier. Isn't this great? 50 degrees on Christmas Eve? I mean, like, whatever. This is awesome. But people all over the world have celebrated the winter solstice. And if you don't know much about the history of Christian church, Christians kind of glommed on to that. Actually, there's nothing in the Bible about Christmas being on December the 25th. So it's the winter solstice. It's a big festival of lights. And that's part of the reason. Of course, economically, today, I mean, <laughs> purchasing lights is a big business. So you can't hardly go in a source. I mean, it's going to... Somebody's going to try to sell you some lights. My wife and I get caught up in the consumeristic culture. We bought lights this year. We don't need more lights. We already have lights in the basement that we're not putting up. So I don't know if you're like that, but it's like that for us. And then aesthetically, I mean, who doesn't like the lights? I mean, they're beautiful. But spiritually, there is a reason why lights and Christmas go together. Because when the Bible describes the coming of Jesus to this earth, the Bible describes him as a coming of light. In fact, when Jesus himself talks about himself, self-identifies the fact that he comes as light. All kinds of verses in the Bible about this. Here's three. Jesus says, I have come into the world as, what's that word? So that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Here's another one. I am the, what's that word? I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the what? Light of life. In him was life, and that life was the what? Of all mankind. The what? 
The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Trust me, I could put verse after verse after verse up there. Because when the Bible describes the coming of Christ, it describes his advent as the coming of light. That's why, as Pastor Joel said, for centuries, the church has celebrated this season, the Advent, the Advent season with the lights around the wreath. And as he explained, different Sundays have different kinds of candles. And on Christmas Day, we're supposed to light the Christ candle, the center candle, but I'm going to light it tonight. Pretend like tonight is Christmas. So the church associated light with the coming of Christ. But most of us, when we think about when Christ came, we don't think about him coming as light. We think about him coming as a little baby. And that's why intentionally we went through that familiar narrative in both song and the scriptures on the screen. There was an emperor in Rome who sent out a decree that all the world should be taxed. And this young Hebrew couple... Mary and Joseph, they left their town of Nazareth, and then they went to a little town of what? Bethlehem. Bethlehem. And then there was no room to lay the newborn baby, so they wrapped him up in cloths and put him in a manger. And then who was abiding in the fields that night? It was shepherds. And the shepherds were then all of a sudden startled. They were really afraid because a whole host of what showed up in the sky? angels and we read about that and we sing about that that's the narrative that most of us have in our mind when we think about the coming of Christ he came as a baby most of us don't think when Jesus came he came as light we don't think that way and that's probably appropriate because well we don't really think of light very much often we take light for granted I mean, we can't live our lives without light, but I mean, really, we don't think about it very much. We do everything with it, but we don't think. The only time we think about light, actually, is when we don't have it. Hey, that'd be fun tonight, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be cool if we kind of, let's turn off the lights. Somebody turn off the lights. Whoa. That's okay, though. I've got a flashlight. Is this cool or what? <laughs> Who likes to play with flashlights? I love to play with flashlights. In fact, we're doing this whole illustration right now so that the church is going to give me this light as a Christmas gift right now. <laughs> I don't have a light this good in my own house. I love lights like this. This is awesome. It's, it's dirty up there. Do you see that dirt up there? <laughs> what? I love to play with light. You know, you play with light like You know what? I, I just love light like this. I'm being honest with you. I like to do this, man. I just like, play, I could play this all day. When I think of light, I'm thinking, no, that's so much fun. You know, people who work with light, like professionally, they, or they study it, they tell us they don't even know what it is. <laughs> it's funny. Isn't it? I mean, scientists, physicists, they spend their whole lives working with light. And they say, yeah, we don't really actually know what it is. Here's a, a scientist from Emory University, physicist, Cindy, Sidney Perkowitz. You can Google his name. He's a brilliant, this is a brilliant scientist. He works with light for a living. He writes, light indeed is different from anything else we know. No one is exactly sure how to describe it. Light moves through space as a wave, but when it encounters matter, it behaves like a particle. It simply doesn't fit into one of our neat little categories. Now, if I told you that, you wouldn't believe me. But when Sidney says it, he's a brilliant physicist. And he says, yeah, me and my colleagues, we don't actually know how to describe it. That's kind of funny, isn't it? Because, like, we work with light all the time. We couldn't live our lives without light. Every day, light, well, the way we began our day, you probably began your day with light. You just didn't think of it. Your alarm went off, or your watch went off, or something, and you look, and those numerals that you're seeing, and what time it is, they're they're lit, backlit by some kind of light. And then, if you're like most people, you all of a sudden had to 
go into that room that has some plumbing in it. And you, without thinking about it, you flipped on a light switch. And then after that, you probably went into the kitchen and probably turned on a light switch as you started. Or maybe you live in a smart home and you said, Alexa, turn on the lights. And she turned on all the lights. Yeah, we don't think about lights that much. But really, when you think about it, we couldn't live our lives without light. In fact, scientists like Sydney would tell us there's no life without light. Light is essential for all things that are living. Maybe that's why the Bible uses it a metaphor for Christ. The Bible tells us that there's no life with God apart from receiving the light of Christ. Read this passage. Look at this. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. That passage says that when Jesus, the true light, came into the world that he created, his own people didn't recognize him. Did you see that? He came to that which was his own, but his own didn't receive him. If you're a part of Blackhawk Church and you know we've been going through the book of the Gospel of Mark, and you see that replayed over and over in the Gospel of Mark, people, they didn't, they didn't receive him. You know, the thing I like the most about this passage is that we're all in it. Did you see that? Look at that. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name. You see, the light didn't come just for a particular family or a particular cultural group. The light came for all mankind, for everyone. And anyone and all mankind that receives the light becomes a part of God's family. You receive the light. How, how do you become a part of God's family? Look at that passage. Receive him. To those who believed in his name. I love this word receiving. And I could talk all night about this. But the direction of this concept of receiving, that's the core difference of Christianity from all other world religions. We have to receive something outside of ourselves. We don't have the ability on our own. We have to actually receive it from outside. That's the direction. That's about grace. It's, about, it's the core of Christianity. All other religions say, if I do justice, if I'm loving towards other people, if I do good, if I obey these instructions in this ancient literature, then I, will, I have the ability to. Christianity says, no, that's not true. That's not right. We don't have the ability on our own. We have to receive that outside of ourselves. It's a different concept. It's a great illustration of that core concept of Christianity. And we actually do that illustration here at Blackhawk Church only once a year. And this is the time we use that as an illustration. It has to do with those candles that you received when you came into the room. Grab those candles right now. All of you should have received some kind of candle when you came in. And most likely it's uh, been burnt already. We're recycling them as the day goes on. But uh, we're not going to light them now. Pastor Joel is going to come up in a little bit, and we'll go through the lighting ceremony. But the illustration is about the fact that your candle right now is not lit. That's the whole idea here. This is, you know, got a wax. This is wax. And then in the middle of your candle, look at that. There's a string in it. And that string is called a, a wick. And that wick really has no power in and of itself. It has to receive power, the flame, from outside of itself. Wicks on their own are pretty unimpressive. Nobody looks at a whole bunch of candles that are not lit and goes, 
Look at that awesome wick. Those are awesome wicks. Nobody notices a wick. It's unimpressive. It has to be transformed. And the only way it's transformed is by power from the outside. Some power source has to change this wick. And then when it's lit, oh, it's totally transformed. And the candle realizes its purpose. Not because it's done anything. I can see my wick talking to me and saying, oh, you're wrong, Pastor Chris. I'm powerful all by myself. No, you're not. You're not. You're just a little string. You're not powerful until you receive something from outside of you. That's what that verse was saying. We have to receive the light. How do we receive the light? Look at that verse again. To those who believed in his name. Well, what does that mean to believe in his name? That, that his name was Yesu? That's Greek. Uh, Jesus, English. No, that doesn't mean that. It means that we believe in who he is. That is, he is the light of the world. That we're in darkness. Apart from that, he's the one that changes us. Otherwise, we are in darkness. Some of us can relate to that idea of feeling like we're in darkness. Some of us have been going through weeks and months of despair. 2019 didn't turn out the way we hoped it would. And for some reason, we're going through a dark time in our lives. That verse is about asking the question, have you received the light from Christ? Do you believe in him? Have you transferred your trust from whatever you're trusting now? Going to church, reading the Bible, being a good person, giving to justice causes. Transferring your trust from that to Jesus Christ in him alone. That's how you receive. That's how you receive the light. Before we receive the light, we're just wicks. Unimpressive. No power in ourselves. We have to receive it. In a few moments, Pastor Joel is going to come up here and he's going to lead us through this candle lighting ceremony. And we hope that every single person participates. It's a really cool part of the evening. You're going to forget this talk and you're going to remember what we're going to do with the candles because it's really cool. But my question to you is this. Do you know Jesus as the light? Have you received him? Some of us say, no, I, I don't need to do that. But you're in despair. The world's dark. Have you paid attention to the news recently? It's kind of discouraging. And you're thinking, is there any meaning in life? Oh, I can just generate meaning on my own. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. How's that working for you? There's an alternative. You can look like a wick to find power outside of yourself and invite that power into your life. It's simple. It's transformative. Very powerful. Like light. Let's pray. Some of us now, as we're bowing our heads, our eyes are closed. We're surprised by this message. We're surprised the way it's connected to us. We didn't expect that. If you feel like you've been on a treadmill and your life feels like I'm not going anywhere and 2019 surely was a hard year, you can look to Christ as light you can place your faith in him. It's very simple. All you have to do is say something like this to God in your own words, in your own mind, silent. You just say, God, I, I'm like a wick. Like this wick I'm holding in my hands. I had no power on my own. I, I need Christ to come into my life. And I believe that he did come to the world as light, and I need him in my life. It's just that simple. Father, we thank you for light. We thank you for the power of it, for the simplicity of it, 
We thank you, Father, for the way in which it's changed our whole world. We pray, Father, that you would help us to place our faith in Christ, have our lives transformed so that we could be your light in the world. We pray this in Christ's name for the sake of his reputation, all God's people said.
as Chris just did a couple of moments ago, when we light the Christ candle at Christmas, we remember that Jesus, the light of the world, entered our world 2,000 years ago. In just a moment, we're all going to receive light from the Christ candle. Um, but before we do that, let me give just a couple of quick instructions. Where are the kids at in the room? You guys in here? All right, kids, can you just make sure your parents are paying attention to this part? Can you do that? All right. Uh, first things first, this is fire. I'm just going to leave that right there, all right? So uh, please pay attention to where this flame is in reference to, say, your neighbor's hair in front of you or frilly parts of a coat, stuff like that. So um, secondly, when we light candles, um, the candle that's lit is just going to stay upright so that wax doesn't get everywhere. Uh, the unlit candle comes in from the side. Once that's lit, we'll keep that upright. So can everybody do that? Awesome, and then just be aware of where your drip guard is so that you don't get wax all over yourself or all over the room. So we appreciate that. Uh, as ushers come forward, um, why don't you guys come on up, and we're going to begin to pass the light of Christ through the room, and these guys will play uh, Silent Night. the 
All of our candles are lit from one single candle, the Christ candle. One candle in a room like this probably wouldn't be all that impressive. But look what happens as we have passed the light from person to person throughout this room to where hundreds of candles are lit. The Gospel of John says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It reminds me that we go through seasons of life and difficulties in life, times that feel pretty dark to us, but in those times we can remember that there is light. And in those times we can also remember that when we are walking in community with others who are following Christ, we are never alone in the darkness. It also reminds me of the call that we have to shine the light. You saw those images of Madison, uh, the scenes of Madison uh, as we sang O Holy Night together. Uh, that's what we're called to be. We're called to shine uh, light. It's not enough simply to receive it and to hold it for ourselves. We're called to shine the light in the world around us, in the darkness around us. And when we do that together, it's pretty powerful. Let's try this for just a moment. Uh, let's raise, very carefully, raise all of our candles Look at how that changes the tone of the room. One candle, the Christ candle. We've each received light uh, with no power in individual wicks on our own, with no power to offer ourselves. We've received the light of Christ. And now we're called to shine that light in the world around us. All right, very carefully, let's bring these down. And let's, on the count of three, blow these out. Um, put your hand in front of it and be aware of not blowing wax all over your neighbor in front of you. So on the count of three, one, two, three. Well, we are so glad that you've joined us for Christmas at Blackhawk here uh, today, this Christmas Eve. We're um, if you're visiting again, uh, we're so glad that you chose to make this part of your Christmas plans this week. Uh, if this is something, the message is something that has kind of stirred in your heart, and uh, today perhaps you've received Christ or you've recognized that for the first time, we encourage you, just take this little program and you can write your name on the back. Um, if you want to talk with somebody or pray with somebody, just let us know a way that we can reach out to you. We would love uh, to do that. We'll be available afterwards uh, as well. Uh, on your way out, you'll be able to drop those candles off in the bins just outside the doors, uh, so you can do that. And then just remember, next Sunday, do we have any services at any of our sites and venues? No, okay, good job. You guys all passed the test. Uh, you'll be very disappointed if you drive here. So, um, and then the following Sunday, January 5th, we invite you back as we begin a new series. It's complicated. Uh, would you stand with us for our benediction? And as we're about to head out, let me just say, the band's going to play a really fun tune, Joy to the World. You guys can run out as fast as you can and jump right into the traffic if you want to, or you can hang out and relax for like five more minutes and dance party if you want to, kids, all right, yeah, uh, and have some fun with that. So uh, we invite you to do that. Uh, as you go, this is a benediction, which is just a good word, uh, and this comes from John chapter 8. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. Have a great week.